This week, we're talking about the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn, the Christmas star. We're going to talk about why it's so important, why it's so great, and spread some cheer on this holiday special for Today in Space. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this holiday special of Today in Space. I'm your space podcast host from the East Coast, Alex Girofanos. And on this week of Christmas, I want to put this out in the middle of the week. I'm I'm busy, as I'm sure you are, catching up with everything this week. Uh, if you're listening to this, that means you're almost there. It's almost the end of the week. And what we wanted to come on for this week's podcast is obviously to spread some cheer, spread some love here as we do here on the podcast, and of course, spread some science. And this week, it's what everyone's talking about online. You've probably seen telescopes pointed into the sky ad nauseum this week. And that's because of the great conjunction of 2020 of Jupiter and Saturn crossing their orbits. And there's been a lot of news, a lot of different headlines. And and it was actually interesting researching this. I, I appreciate you guys reaching out, asking for this episode. So thank you very much for that. Please do that. Hit us up at Today in Space Pod on Instagram or Twitter. Today in Space Podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us. And of course, you can find us uh, on other places as well. Today in Space.net. Today in Space Podcast on Facebook, too. That, that group is uh, pretty active. We're doing a lot of meme action there, too. So that's fun. So. The Great Conjunction of 2020. What is it? We've all heard a bunch of different things. It hasn't happened in 800 years. And let's talk about what I learned because I learned some things. I actually was really interested to find out some things that are uh, slightly different. But I think it's actually cooler what all of the actual astronomy is. And and we're going to go back to the last times this has happened in human history and talk about that. So we're going to talk about what the Great Conjunction is, why it's kind of important, and explain what was happening on the Earth and when the next ones will be. That's what we're going to do. We're going to cover this. Awesome. So it's going to be fun. Let's let's jump right into it. We have to talk about how often this happens, right? Because as we as we as you've probably heard, and and if you're new to it, the conjunction in the sky, it's the crossing of Jupiter and Saturn in the sky. And uh, it's this Christmas star effect, as you can see from my hat, the Christmas star. And for everyone watching on YouTube, I am wearing a Santa hat for those just listening on the podcast. <laughs> it's a Patriots hat, but I, I can't show the logo. Otherwise, they'll make me pay for it. So the Christmas star is apparently from when these two stars or two lights in the sky, which are not stars. They're actually planets, Jupiter and Saturn, basically cross over each other and form a brighter light because it kind of merges because they're so close on top of each other that it makes this Christmas star effect however you want to call it. it. It is an astronomical event that is observable. That is the the real scientific value of the Great Conjunction, especially this one, um, because they happen all the time, right? The planets are always orbiting around the sun. So they're bound to, to have a consistency of when they're going to cross over, right? Because they all pretty much rotate in a general plane, you know, one surface that's why when you see like if you saw if you saw the images you could definitely see jupiter's moons and and some of saturn's and they're in line with the planet and it's it's really cool when you think about it how the solar system is kind of you know it's 3d space it's the vacuum of space and yet because of mass and space and time and the way that they all distort with each other and it shows how the actual solar system was created and it's it's on this plane that you can you can see so there this conjunction is regular is what i'm trying to say saturn's orbit around the sun is about 30 years jupiter's orbit is 12 years so jupiter is actually moving faster around the sun than saturn even though jupiter is the most massive planet in the solar system just to show you that it's not 
it's not just the size of the planet that determines the speed, right? And I think that's actually good that Jupiter is uh, moving faster since it's the most massive. And, and we saw this happen, uh, and I want to find the footage, but recently, in, in, in the last 30 years, 20 years, I think, there was an observed event where we actually saw a huge, I think it was an asteroid, impact Jupiter, and we got to see kind of the trail of that, and it was a massive, actually was visible by the naked eye if i'm not mistaken we, we got to look that up but um i'll try and find the link and put in this week's episode or if you remember what this event is please hit us up and we'll, we'll bring it up on the next podcast but jupiter is a great shield for the inner solar system you know it, it's one of the weird things you, you when you think about a what a what creates a solar system like ours where we can harbor life i gotta hand it to jupiter because jupiter going 12 years around the sun that thing is creating kind of like a uh, a weird shield around us to protect us from big things that could come in and hit us. And it could be the reason why we have this zone, especially with the asteroid fields. It, it's so fascinating just how massive it is and how something like the most massive planet in your system orbiting fast, it, it's crazy. It's, it's wild. So uh, this is a lot of fun researching. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, so with 30 years for Saturn and 12 years for Jupiter, that makes the conjunction every 20 years. I'm, I'm going to trust the math there. I'm not going to do it. But... <laughs> Yeah, so the last one was observable in the year 2000, um, but but that actually happened to be on the other side of the sun, so we weren't able to see it. And this is the closest, the Great Conjunction of 2020, of Jupiter and Saturn, is the closest conjunction of these two planets since 1623. So actually 400 years ago, there was something, there was a conjunction like this, very similar, for almost 400 years ago, 397 years, and... The last observable conjunction that was this close was the year 1226. So that's that 800-year mark. It's, yeah, 794 years ago. So that's where that number comes from because that's the last time it was being observed. So a lot of people were saying, you know, oh, it's the it's the last time since the medieval ages uh, since this happened. Uh, and that's why it kind of I was like, okay, well, what other things in history happened not only on the 1226, the almost 800 years ago, but also on that last conjunction with the, with these two planets in 1623, because that's a really interesting year. I'd like to know what was happening on those days to see if it, you know, was it was it a crazy time? And surprisingly, it was. But we'll get into that in just a second. But why is the 2020 Great Conjunction so great? You know, what, what, are the, what are the things about it that make it so great? So it's great because it is one of the closest in almost 400 years of the two planets in, in, in the, the orbital cross-by, right? And the first observable since 1226. On top of that, it also happens to land on the same day as the winter solstice, where the axis of the Earth is positioned just so that we're able to see it pretty much around the entire world, which is, again, what makes this so great. So there's, there's even though it is a pretty normal astronomical event, it's all the other things that tie into this and the fact that we're all able to see it. I mean, I, I was very, very excited by all the people posting online. I live in New England, so I wasn't able to see it was it's so cloudy. I think I saw it like December 14th. I was I was uh, talking uh, with my dad outside and I looked up and there was Jupiter and Saturn. And since then, I haven't had the chance to go out when it was available because it's right around sunset because uh, it was a nice low on the horizon. But it's been snowing. I pulled I pulled a muscle shoveling all that snow. If you saw on our Instagram page, today in space pod, I pulled something in my bicep 
and uh, ended up picking up electric snowblower, uh, all electric, just because I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> uh, just doing the shovel. I mean, I, I we've talked about it before. I got scoliosis. There's no reason I should be shoveling that stuff. So it's it was time to actually get one. I'll let you know how that works. Pretty cool. 24, 24 volt. Um, and for whatever reason, if it if it stops working or, or we need to fix it, I can do some crazy stuff with that electric motor and maybe even like beef up the snowblower. Uh, so, but that's that's all over at AG3D Printing. If you want to check that out, that's our 3D printing lab. We're making crazy stuff over here. Next week, we're going to talk more about. We've got a lot of stuff for for the new year, but we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast here. Let's get back to the times in history on Earth, the last time these, these great observable or close conjunctions were happening. And it's not that we're trying to make any assumptions here that, or, 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 or say that this is a cause, like, like uh, that this conjunction with them that close is actually causing craziness to happen on Earth. That's not at all what we're saying, because that would be unscientific. But it's just fascinating to observe and see, hmm, what was the Earth like? So that's where this is coming from. In 1623, I found this uh, interesting page called World History Project, and uh, interestingly enough, it had it had 1623, but it didn't have anything on 1226. So take obviously this with a grain of salt. <laughs> obviously, we'll have the link. So if you want to double check this, uh, but this was just like a fun. Let's Google and see what comes up. So in 1623. The word insomnia was first put in the dictionary, which is fascinating. Miles Standish led a small band to assassinate Native American warriors at Wessagusset. So in the U.S., we're in the midst of the Plymouth Colony in the U.S., where the wars that are starting between the Native Americans and the colonists coming over. Two more ships arrived uh, in, in Plymouth Colony. They brought 90 new settlers. There was the governor, Bradford, of Plymouth County, proclaimed a day of Thanksgiving, often cited as the first official Thanksgiving celebration. So, all that crazy stuff that was happening back on Earth, I mean, the world, you think about that, and you think about the world that was happening then, a lot of turmoil, a lot of chaos. Obviously, we have our own different chaos here with the pandemic, with covid and then it, it, we go back to 1226, which is the last comparable, observable, close conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn on Earth in the solar system of the Milky Way galaxy. And Genghis Khan, the emperor of the Mongol Empire, is currently at the peak of his power, pretty much, more or less, right? He ends up dying only a year later in 1227, uh, and his death is apparently still a mystery, or at least debated amongst historians. And if you're interested in learning more about Genghis Khan, which is actually pronounced Genghis Khan, surprisingly, I, I point you no further than Dan Collins' Hardcore History. He has a great, great epic series on... The, the, Khan, the, the Mongol Empire following Genghis Khan and everything that happens afterwards. That's a fantastic podcast. Definitely one of the ones that I listened to first before I was podcasting that really made me think of different ways that, that were possible. Different things that like just how open the format of podcasting is. So I highly recommend that. And it really, again, going back to why this conjunction is so great, especially in, you know as, as we call it, a modern era here in, in the 2020s, one of the great things about this is that they're observable in the field of view of most telescopes, right? So if, if you're looking at it, you're actually able to catch both planets, which is 
absolutely insane when you think about the sheer scope of infinity. If you think about the massive telescopes, the real professional ones, right, that you probably may have seen some really amazing images from those telescopes around the world, big observatories, blah, blah, blah. Even those, if you were going to take a map of the whole sky, it's, it's not possible. You know, we haven't even observed anywhere near the entire galaxy that we live in. If, if you ever look at one of those maps, we have observed such a little amount of that uh, for the amount of time that we've had telescopes up. And it makes 800 years seem pretty at that massive scale, right? 800 years like that. That's the last time that thing happened. Like they were that close and it was observable. I mean, how many people has has there been before that, right? How many generations, right? You know, you think if the, if everyone lives to 100, that's eight people. That's eight people. Uh, not so little of us actually know who uh, our ancestor was eight generations back, right? And that was the last time this happened. And then, and then 800 years from now, do, do we even have a connection, right? It's It's such a long time in our scale of time. But for the solar system, it's a it's a blink of an eye. It's like a snap of a finger. It's crazy. It's crazy. And so the fact that so many people were able to view this with equipment that's pretty readily available, right? And especially with the internet and, and the fact that we digitized the world going into COVID, so many more people were able to see this and were looking for it, which is wild. So even a person like me up here in New England with terrible weather, literally took a picture today and it was just complete cloud cover. And then even if the cloud cover is gone, we've got terrible light pollution up here. But that is living in Boston. That is uh, living in New England. That's what I have to take for it. So it's just amazing that so many people were able to get into this and spread. Uh, I mean, so many people that I know in real life, as well as my Internet space friends, were taking pictures. And it, it just is amazing. It's awesome. And it's great for science communication and spreading that word out there. I mean, there's this little snippet I'll, I'll take from the article from NASA. Uh, that's going to be in this link, so if you want to read the whole thing. But this was a really cool explanation of all of it. So this is astronomer Henry Throop in the Planetary Science Division at NASA headquarters in Washington. Conjunctions like this could happen on any day of the year, depending on where the planets are in their orbits. The day of the conjunction is determined by the positions of Jupiter, Saturn, and Earth in their paths around the sun, while the date of the solstice is, is determined by the tilt of Earth's axis, right? So we've got these two independent variables, right? We've got the tilt of the Earth's axis with the solstice and the position of Jupiter and Saturn to Earth. So the solstice is the longest night of the year, right? Shortest day. So this is why it's such a rare occurrence uh, and it'll give people a great time to go outside and see the solar system. So the Earth is literally bending and giving us, kind of leaning back and saying, check it out. I know 2020 has sucked, but hey, check out check the, check out this amazing uh, crossover of planets. So we got something. We got something. And to, looking to the future, future conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. Obviously, we said they're about 20 years apart. So a little bit of that's a round number, right? So in 2040 will be the next one. It'll be October 31st, so a Halloween conjunction. That will be pretty cool. April 7th, 2060. March 15th, 2080, and September 18th, 2100. And so, uh, you know, 
I've kind of already shared my thoughts on this, but how does that make you feel about time? How, how in, in the perspective of generations between these uh, visible conjunctions or even the, the literal conjunctions, right? 20 years. Think about where you were 20 years ago. I think about, I mean, 20 years ago, I was 10 years old. So that's pretty wild. And and I, I also had a hypothesis, especially for the, the Christmas star. So a hypothesis uh, is a is an idea that you propose a question and in the scientific process it's the first thing really i think most people when they say oh i have a theory usually it's a hypothesis it's not actually a theory theory has to have been tested and then from that testing you've got enough backing that your original idea exists under certain conditions so this is simply a hypothesis that i'm basing off of something else and so we, a lot of people call this the Christmas star, and one of the questions was, well, is it possible that if this was happening during that time, you know, it's always discussed as this really amazing, glorious twinkling in the sky. It, gathered, it, it garnered everyone's attention. Now, it's hard for me to compare, I will say, from, my, uh, from where I live in this state and time on this planet. There's a lot of light pollution, and it's nowhere near as dark skies as they used to be back you know, what, 2,000 years ago or whatever it is. But is it possible for, like, a, a crossing of these stars, which is tremendous, but it's not it's not the brightest thing in the sky. It's certainly not calling my attention even through the light pollution, right? But is it possible that it could give us, like, a, it could have given people a crazy show, especially back in those medieval eras, right? 1226, right? Think about uh, you've got you've got knights and... and, and there's this crazy Mongol empire reaching as far over as, as, as Europe, causing them issues. Is it possible that you have like this weird Game of Thrones-like effect with, you know, where they had the red comet that was symbolizing uh, Khaleesi's rise with the dragons, right? Even though that might just be an astronomical event, it affects us. It affects human beings, right? We've made entire mythologies and stories and, and figured out meaning simply by looking at the stars. So is it possible scientifically that, that that single event of the crossing of planets, any planets, but Jupiter and Saturn, whatever, is it possible that in 1226 it made a dazzling show, right? And and I think about, and this is one of the first things that we learned while I was doing this podcast, uh, the star Sirius, right? Sirius is a low, especially around here, it's a, it's a low-hanging horizon star. And if you catch it, usually what most people see it as, they'll think it's like it's a dying out star or it's like an alien ship or, or whatever it is. People are like, what is that? Because it calls their attention. It's, it's flickering, right? And that's because of optics. That's because of the curvature of the atmosphere, right? If you're low on the horizon, you're looking down the curve of the planet, right? Sorry, flat earthers. But it's the same thing like my glasses, right? I have, there's this cut at the side of my glasses here where, and you, you've seen it with the prisms, right? The Pink Floyd poster or album cover, right? If you look at light through a different, and it refracts and it bends, it stretches it. And, and when the curve of the atmosphere is happening and you're looking at the star Sirius, it's twinkling. And so it's not that the star itself is active because it, I remember watching it. It was low in the sky, it was twinkling, and then it would get higher and then it would stop. And so that's what got my attention was like, what is that? And this is, this is you know, 2000s, 2000, uh, probably 14, right? Where I'm asking this question, why is that? twinkling and I think I looked up a Neil deGrasse Tyson quote I think he had written on Twitter or something like that maybe it was one of his books but it is amazing how just just something like that right can change a, an astronomical event and make it something that affects 
humanity back on Earth. And, and that's one of the wild things that could have happened, that could have made this Christmas story, these astronomical events, so much bigger uh, to the people observing it than maybe someone who wasn't on the planet observing it. I learned a lot from this. I hope you did too. But The Great Conjunction, it's not necessarily over if you haven't had a chance. it's They're still going to be relatively close, and it's actually a lot of fun just to think about what you're looking at, right? When you're when you're looking up, and I recommend doing it as often as you can, you'd be surprised how many surprises are out there. I can't tell you how many shooting stars, or like I caught the ISS one night. Just, it, it surprised me. I just happened to be outside. I was looking up, and then I just see the ISS, you know, book it across the sky. And it's, it's so cool that like ancient DNA from like our old people, especially, you know, Greek descent. So, the, the stars and mythology, I mean, it's, 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 in my, it's in my DNA, so I get excited when I see stuff like that. So look up. The conjunction is still happening. You can still catch it. There's some amazing stuff out there. Obviously, we've got to plug Jason Major. He, he's a fantastic, fantastic space blogger and space internet personality. Um, he has some great stuff. He's a great person to follow on Twitter. His Lights in the Dark is his blog as well. Um, he was taking some great pictures. You've also got Deep Sky Dude, who I, I became familiar with, and there's a bunch of other people on our Instagram stories on Today in Space Pod that we've been sharing. So anyone that's come across that we're we're trying to build a community. That that is for us, I think, as we move to next week and 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 moving into the end of the year. That's really what's on our mind is the community and 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 not only us here listening uh, uh, listening to this podcast, and we appreciate all your support, That that is a community. And there's also the community uh, around us, around each of us. And I think one of the things that, and we'll, we'll close on this, but that's one of the crazy things that's happening today is there's, there's so many things that need attention. There's so many things that need help. And I know even back in 2016, it was even even before that. It was like, what can one person do? Like, we all want to save the world, especially millennials. Uh, we we all say we want to save the world, but uh, what can you do? What can you actually do? And I, I think now more than ever, it's looking to the people around you, literally around you. Um, whether it's you're living with someone, your your partner, your uh, your family, your immediate family, your friends. Um, take care of those people. Look after those people. If we can start there, if we can each start there we'll we'll hold we'll hold ourselves together and we'll get through this i mean it's it's wild how much divide there is and i think we're going to practice what we preach we're going to be doing more more with our community especially my local community and think about ways that we can help in in whatever ways that we can so that's it man and and just just like that uh it's a it's a great thing to see uh, my friend Sully, Mike, Mike Sullivan and I have been friends for so long and it was so cool. He was on our podcast with Jack. Um, they're the creators of Snapcaller and it was cool. I dropped off a prototype to him from AG3D Printing because we're helping them prototype an idea before it goes to the next step and they spend a whole bunch of money on uh, a, a tool, an injection molding tool uh, to make hundreds of thousands if not millions of parts so they can sell it to people at a, a price that's valuable for folks and for them. And it's that's what we do. We help we bring ideas into reality with 3D printing, whether it's a single step just to verify that, hey, the thing that we're going to make and spend all this money on is good. Um, or if you just have an idea like just it's just off the top of your head and you're like, I would like to see if that's actually doable. This is this is how we bring value to people with AG 3D printing. And it's also 
really what funds this podcast. So we're super, super thankful for everyone that supports us there. Uh, we have our Etsy page. If, if you guys are looking to help us out, we have some products that we've flushed out and created ourselves. We brought our own ideas into reality. And they're available to there, uh, ag3dprinting.etsy.com. Our Instagram page, if you want to see what we're doing, uh, passively learn about 3D printing as you watch me go through my trials and tribulations um, and successes as well as failures <laughs> on our uh, 3D printing uh, Instagram there. So there's a, we're, we're posting there. we got a lot of projects coming up. I have time to 3D print, so I'm very excited. Uh, and that's it, folks. That's that's the podcast. So I wish you uh, happy holidays for those that celebrate Merry Christmas, for those that did celebrate Happy Hanukkah, and um, obviously if you want us to, to spread some cheer to whatever you, you believe in, we're here for you. Um, we're here to spread love and spread science. So uh, have a great week and good luck with the end of the year. Hang in there um, and and feel free to reach out. Tell us what you're looking for on the podcast. We've got a whole bunch of stuff covering what we've done in the last year, which was surprising to go through. It was really amazing uh, just to show the progress that we made this year, even as crazy as it was. And having COVID and getting over it and, and coming back. I thank you all for following and sharing your feedback and helping make us better. And we're... We're here for you. So spread love, spread science, be good. Happy New Year. And we'll be back next week. Happy holidays. See you next time.